Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. While on the run from the town's guard, a figure darts from rooftop to rooftop, jumping here, climbing there, whenever he gets cornered. Turning to blow a kiss at his pursuers, Captain Jack Sparrow falls backwards off a wall of the docks and plunges into the water below. Climbing into the first ship he can find, Jack is surprised to find that the massive vessel is out on the water but shows no signs of life. Opening a door to the lower decks, Jack hears a nefarious conversation. Wah, 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 we'll steal the jewels, get back to the ship, and be gone by morning's light. (laughs) Jack leans forward to hear a little bit better, putting his hand on the shelf in front of him. Of course, the shelf tips over, crashes to the floor, revealing Jack to all. We've got an intruder, boys! Stand aside! I'll deal with this one myself! It's Pirate Captain versus Mob Boss. It's Bird versus Bird. It's Captain Jack Sparrow versus the Penguin. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. In today's episode, we put two characters named after Burrs into a matchup that makes no sense at all whatsoever, or does it? In one corner, we have Captain Jack Sparrow, quite possibly everyone's favorite pirate and lovable scoundrel, versus the Penguin, a Batman villain whose mind is as sharp as the tip of his combat-style umbrella. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed, and, you'll never guess, this matchup has never as it never been discussed before. Other Batman villains have been suggested, most notably the Joker versus Captain Jack Sparrow, but no one actually went to this point and said the Penguin could be a viable opponent for the Captain. 
And that's why we do this show, because we want the Legion of Audience, our fan base, to have these unique and premier geek battle matchups never before discussed, and I'm talking ever. Ray, with all that being said, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm super fired up for today's matchup. Look, I'm a big fan of the DC Batman rogues gallery. You know, uh, we had Riddler on earlier this year. We've done Joker before, obviously. Catwoman, Mr. Freeze, Bane. We've had them all on. And who's one that we've never had on the show, shockingly, in four years? That is the Penguin. So I'm here for all the Penguin love. I'm a big fan of Burgess Meredith. You know, I just saw the G.I. Joe movie in theaters starring Burgess Meredith as Galobulus, a.k.a. the Penguin. Huge fan of the character. He gets his day in the sun against a, a tough opponent. In Jack Sparrow. You know, Ray, this is interesting because the Penguin is very often underestimated, as is Captain Jack Sparrow, as is yourself, as am I on occasion. Now, one thing we can never underestimate, and I've just got to segue into this real quick, we have some business to take care of. Uh, for our Legion fan base, or, you know, everyone, our, our great listeners, we got in trouble with HR last week, Ray, you remember this, and we had to say three compliments about each other, and I got another memo from HR saying, yeah, that was horrible. Those were not compliments. They were just horrible mentions of you know, both of us. James, I was trying. It feels like you were being very cruel. My feelings, if I had any, would be singed. <laughs> you know... The truth hurts, Ray. The truth hurts. But um, they came up with something else they want us to do. I, of course, said, no, we're not your puppets. We don't do whatever you say. They sent a memo that had two words or three words. What was it? Do it or else. So four words. So we got to do it. So here's what we got to do, Ray. Um, our fan base on on our Facebook uh, group said that, so just a couple of matchups. I'm going to put you up against Ric Flair, and I've got to give you the win, and I've got to give you the win in a big way. You've got to do the same thing for me against Popeye, another great matchup suggestion in the group. So, with that being said, this is a who would win match. Ric Flair versus Ray Sicanus. So, obviously, this takes place in a ring in the WWE at WrestleMania. Ric Flair comes in, and it points to Ray Sicanus. And as he does, the ghost of Dusty Rhodes appears, smashes Ray with a chair, knocks him down. But not out. Ray gets back up. But then Hulk Hogan comes in and hits him with a... Ball of flame, because that's what the Hulkster used to do, I think, way back when. He's getting pounded. He's getting destroyed. Everything's going wrong. He gets put into the figure four leg lock. Everyone's smashing him from the outside, jumping off the top rope. The Macho Man somehow makes an appearance, slaps, slaps, you know, snaps into a Slim Jim, smashes into Race to Canis. Race to Canis, though, doesn't give up. He hears the crowd cheering on for Ray. Ray, Ray, Ray. He gets up, breaks out of the figure four, somehow knocks everyone else out in the ring, grabs Ray Flair, smashes him in the turnbuckle, picks him up, does the ultimate finishing maneuver for Race to Canis called the stink bomb, I don't know what else it is, pins him, one, two, three, at the main event, at WrestleMania, Ray Sicanus gets the win over Ric Flair. There. Couldn't be any better. How do you feel with that, Ray Sicanus? You know, the way you described it, with everybody coming from the rafters, the side of the ring, the, the, the crowd afterlife. coming in and attacking me, uh, it kind of just feels like a normal Who Would Win show where I have to face you and all the judges, the rogues gallery of judges, if you will, that you bring in here, <laughs> and I have to try to convince somebody who doesn't necessarily want to be convinced that I'm right. 
but I appreciated the effort, James. Let me get segue right into you fighting Popeye, because I see you coming in real hard. You come in with a couple of, you know, very, uh, you know, non-trained punches, which is kind of how I see you fighting. Just what? throwing haymakers out there. You hit Popeye with a couple of them, briefly, slightly stagger him backwards. He pops the spinach. He pops his bitch. All of a sudden, goes through the whole routine where his arms get big. The the pipe starts shooting out of the smoke, and he comes in with a big old wind up, and he hits you. He hits you so hard, you turn into a pile of coins, much like we've seen in the cartoons before. He turn into a big old pile of coins, where and then he takes the coins, Popeye does, and then he donates them to children's charities around the United States. So while you might not have won the fight. Because your body was used to donate to children's charities, you win the battle, James Gavsey. Well, at least he didn't turn me into deli meats. No, that was the other option here, but I found yeah. no way that you can donate deli meats to children's charities. God willing, I've tried. <laughs> wow. So I didn't really get the win. I just did something nice with the... You um... won the battle, James. I followed the letter of the law. <sighs> All right, I have a funny feeling we're getting another uh, memo from HR. All right, well, speaking of following the letter of the law, it's time to bring in our guest judge making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's fan favorite. It's podcaster extraordinaire. It's Robert Clark Chan. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hi, how you doing? How's it well, going? Robert, well, things are going well. You know, Robert, Robert Clark uh, Chan, he's back again on the show. It's incredible. What a get. <laughs> What again? Once again, back is the incredible rhyme animal, the incredible C, public enemy number one. You know, who who is flavor flavor of the show, by the way? I've I've been wondering this for like years. Wow, gosh. I don't I It's gotta be racist. It's gotta be racist. You both bring so much to this. I mean, clearly, uh, 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 Chuck D is the one with the fire and the passion. So I would want to say Ray, no but way. also, uh, you know, the one with the hype and the tomfoolery. Yeah, also Ray. So I guess I would have to call you the Eric B and Rakim of I the, will take uh, that battle Good world. Sir. Heck the- yes, I will take that compliment. Listen, you know, you're such an interesting guy for coming up with these great comparisons that are dead on correct, by the way. I just want to read off what some people have been saying about you uh, mm-hmm. in the press. Uh, mm-hmm. According to Albert Einstein, you are a world-class speedwalker. Uh, uh, that guy's Genghis, a great dude. He's yeah. awesome. Jengis uh, or Genghis Khan, as some people like to call him, has said like that you're one of Temujin. the... Again, you are intelligent, good sir. Uh, well, that person said that you were one of the greatest podcasters of all time. He's uh, like when you're when you're like uh, riding across the steps on those horses, like you got a lot of time to fill. So obviously he's big into podcasts. He listens to them all. Yeah. One time he said I was better than uh, uh, Mark Maron, which I think is kind of an overstatement. But, you know, I'll take it. It's a long ride from uh, Mongolia to like the Middle East. You got got to have something to listen to. Uh, You know, finally, Time Magazine listed you as a person of the year. For 2022, 1782, and 2335, they just thought mm. that's something that was going to happen in that year. You are quite extraordinary, good sir. But yeah, uh, more just a little correction. It, uh, they said person of interest, which is not the same thing. Also, it wasn't time. It was the FBI. Either way, either way, I get accolades. Yes, this you is know, true. I thought you had a real Jim Caviezel glow about you today, so that holds up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I should have known that if I was going to make a person of interest joke that you would step in as well you should with uh, uh, 
<laughs> All right, listen, Robert Clark Chan, the real reason we have you judging today is because, you know, there's been a lot of controversy with our previous judges. I think everyone's been fine. Ray Sicanis has been crying to everybody and anyone who will listen to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we both threw out a number of a name, number of names of judges we want to bring on. You're the only name that we both could agree upon for this battle. So we're expecting you to be the adult in the room and just bring your wisdom and knowledge down onto this decision. My question for you, good sirs, are you ready for that responsibility? I'll tell you what, I'm going to be unbiased, but I feel like the reason I am that is because I'm here for me. I am going to judge the way I want to judge. Don't care about James. Don't care about Ray. Don't care about the drama that's here. I'm going to make myself happy. So at the very least, you know that, um, you know, neither of you are getting the edge. Somehow I kind of figured you'd say that. All right, listen, we got a great episode. We've got Captain Jack Sparrow rep by me. We've got the Penguin. I'm so excited to have the Penguin on the show rep by Ray Canis. And we have the one, the only Robert Clark Chan about to make judging history by being an amazing judge as usual. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Disney, the pirate captain who once appeared in a story where his pirate ship didn't have any weapons on it. Thankfully, though, that was non-canon. Jack Sparrow. And representing DC Comics, the crime boss who got bullied in school, but now his look is mana cool, the Penguin. Air quotes. Well done, Ray. Yo, I really liked. I really liked the canon joke. I really did look, not care for the monocle joke. Look, I will tell you right now. I'm very proud of the canon joke. And writing a joke for the penguin turned out to be a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Walking in the door, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sit with the with the Jack Sparrow joke yep. and pretend like the rest of it was just sloughed off because it off. It pretty much was. Fair you know, enough. Venture capitalists know that for every one mega success, they're going to strike out with 19, at least 19 other really bad investments. You're beating those odds dramatically with that one good joke, Ray. I think so. There you go. I think so. Just want to put that there. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Hoodwin match, which are brought to you by Comixology, one of our great sponsors. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Hoodwin match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Listen, I'm going with the movie version of Captain Jack Sparrow. I know there's a couple other versions out there, but that is the one I'm going with. Ray, what version of the Penguin will you be using today dc comics penguin you know you got the burgess meredith tv show which would be excellent maybe for a future battle uh movie version danny devito you've got robin lord taylor uh on on gotham gotta go comic book version though he's the best good call good call on your part all right rule number four debaters may only use examples of skills powers or weapons that are a long established part of the character's continuity feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed but will be given less weight rule number five the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides as the best case for defeating their opponent by death submission or battlefield removal and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes and where no outside interference is allowed and finally rule number six the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic and before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. 
Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In this life, it pays to zig when everyone else is zagging. Movement saw a stagnant marketplace for watches and accessories and changed it with their unbelievable prices on some pretty classy stuff. You know by now I love my Astro Blue watch. I wear it when I want to look good. When we do live Who Would Win shows again in 2023, I guarantee I will be wearing my Astro Blue watch. And you know what time of year it is. Get something classy for your loved ones and don't break your bank to do it. Be the good gifter with movement. During their seasonal sale, get a special discount just in time for the holidays. Join the movement today at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Join the movement. And now, let's get to the tale of the day for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for The Penguin. The Penguin is an iconic villain in the DC Universe, most commonly opposing Batman. He was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and first appeared in Detective Comics number 58 back in 1941. Operating out of a nightclub known as the Iceberg Lounge, Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot sees himself as a gentleman crime boss. Typically, but not always, seen as short, stubby, with a long nose, the Penguin adorns himself with a top hat, monocle, monocle, long cigarette holder, and one of a massive number of umbrella canes. The Penguin has had so many run-ins with the Dark Knight, and the fact that he is one of the few totally sane enemies of Batman often works to his advantage. Fun fact, the Penguin very famously does not have any powers, except for that one time. You see, in the last 52 colon War of the Multiverses one-shot comic, which I'll start by pointing out was very weird. The Penguin was forced to fight three Mirror Universe versions of himself. To win this fight, Penguin got really mad and turned himself into a gigantic crow, 
yes, which tore the other penguins to ribbons. Given how weird that comic is, and the fact that the penguin has not done anything remotely close to that before or since, I'm going to assume that this feat is not on the table for today's battle. I mean, it's not like it's a gag scene that never actually appeared in the movie the characters featured in. (laughs) That would be crazy, right? Anyway, that is the penguin. Wait, so he turned into a big crow. Not a big yeah, penguin, not a, penguin, a big crow. A, gi- a giant crow, and then tore him up. I said it was weird. That's, that's okay. All right, well done right now. Here are the details for Captain Jack. So Captain Jack Sparrow, played by Johnny Depp, was created by screenwriters Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, and first appeared in the 2003 film Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. A combination of the Rolling Stones' Keith Richards and Looney Tunes' character Pepe Le Pew, Captain Jack Sparrow is a legendary pirate of the Seven Seas and the the irreverent trickster of the Caribbean. A captain of equally dubious morality and sobriety, a master of self-promotion and self-interest, he fights a constant and losing battle with his own best tendencies. Jack Sparrow's first love is the sea. His second is his beloved ship, the Black Pearl. Despite his dishonesty and many deceptions, Jack Sparrow embarks on a number of grand and thrilling adventures with friends, villains, and enemies, with some adventures even involving the supernatural. And here's an interesting fact about Captain Jack Sparrow. Did you know that Johnny Depp wasn't the first choice, even the second choice, to play the character? It's true. The original writer, Stuart Beatty, was, has confessed that he did not only write the character with Hugh Jackman in mind, but actually also named the character after Hugh Jackman. However, the production team decided that even though he was the first choice, they also thought at the time that Hugh Jackman, listen to this, wasn't a big enough name. So they decided to offer the role to another what? Hollywood icon, because this makes complete sense, Robert De Niro. Can you <laughs> picture? <I'm> like, what? <laughs> You talking to me? All right. However, for some reason, he turned it down because he thought the movie would fail miserably. Luckily, oh Johnny boy. Depp was available, and the rest is history. And now you have the facts on both of Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? Wow. Wow. Uh, first off, I need That's to know, crazy. in this Penguin comic book, does he turn into a giant bird or does he turn into a giant Brandon Lee with the face paint? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Robert Clark Chan. And I can answer that. It is a giant bird. Uh, they did not go with the giant, uh, parallel to WCW sting. They did not do that. <laughs> right. Right. James O'Barr ripped off, ripped that off from sting, uh, in his classic. Everybody knows. Uh, 80s company. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Also, uh, I don't understand the character was originally named, Captain Hugh Sparrow? Well, Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack, right. man. That's like right. Hugh, like Hugh, Hugh Jack ma- Man. Jack Hugh Man. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. No, it's fine. I guess I guess it's all better than Captain De Niro Sparrow. <laughs> you know how Captain Jack Sparrow like runs in that very interesting way? Can you imagine mm. Robert De Niro trying to pull that off? I, I can't imagine Robert De Niro moving, right. just in It'd general. Like, hey, okay, Rob, Mr. De Niro, we need you to run down the ship. He's like, not going to do it. Nope, not going to do it. I'll, I'll I, walk. I imagine but. the uh, CGI De Niro from The Irishman doing oh, it. Geez. Oh, Don't even get me started. That's. Th- I mean, Robert De Niro it was born in 1943, which means that when the movie came out, he would have been 60 years old. All right, let's get this battle started. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. 
Point number one for the Penguin, and I'm going to surprise y'all because the Penguin is known, as far as the rogues gallery of Batman goes, as being one of the weakest, one of the easiest pushovers in combat. That's what we all walk in the door thinking. But cracking open this egg, I found out that that is absolutely not the case. Because the Penguin, when he was younger, he had the big nose, he was a little stubby, a little short, and people made fun of him. He had bullies, you know? And the bullies really are what pushed him into a life of crime, a life of evil. They, they, they broke him psychologically in, in their own way, making him want to hurt people. So one of the things that he did to get back at the bullies when he was younger is he trained himself, or he got trained over the course of months and months and months to be an expert in judo and also an expert in bare-knuckle boxing. He's actually remarkably trained in both of those two disciplines. So when the Penguin hits you, he hits you real, real hard. He came back on one of his bullies in the comics, and he punched a guy square in the face so hard that in that panel, his teeth were flying out the top, the top of his mouth. His teeth were flying out of his head from one punch square on by the Penguin. That guy's got a lot of built-up rage, and when he hits you, he hits you real, real hard. It should also be pointed out, and I'll do it right at the top. The Penguin on the reg defeats Batman in one-on-one -on -one combats. In the very first time, the very first comic book they both appeared in, back in 1941, he defeated Batman with an umbrella. And he's done it multiple times since then. I'm not going to say when Batman fights the Penguin, the Batman does not win the majority of those confrontations. Of course he does. But the fact that Penguin has multiple wins over a certain extended period of time over Batman means that he has it inside him to beat one of the greatest fighters on the planet. Think about that. And it's not that Batman doesn't know who the Penguin is at this point, but he still is able to come up with enough surprises to defeat Batman. Batman himself even said in comics he has an amazing speed and an agility. He's shocked that he can't hit him sometimes because you wouldn't think he would move like that. He even has a little bit of durability. He was in a car that got blown up. And when you're in a car that gets blown up, and I've seen the story many times before, you tend not to make it to the next page of the comic because you're blown up. The Penguin, on the other hand, survived that encounter. Now, he was shaken up a little bit, but he survived that encounter. I'm sorry, but if you put Captain Jack Sparrow in a car and blow it up, he ain't coming out of that alive. He's just not. And let's talk a little bit about his mobility because the penguin, again, you know, he has an amazing speed as Batman says, but he has trick umbrellas that he can use for mobility. We've seen him use an umbrella to fly before, not just fly rocket powered flying umbrellas. The penguin has a chance to just grab an umbrella, sit on it and fly around like the wicked witch of the West. And we've talked a lot of times on this show before, if one opponent can take to the skies and I'm just imagining him come crashing down from the air on Captain Jack Sparrow with his insane speed and durability. He's going to make short work of Captain Jack Sparrow if he just takes to the air like we all know a penguin can do. And that's my point number one. So a lot of great stuff about Penguin. And I think he actually did a great job of repping, uh, you know, what his physical capability is. Yeah, he's underestimated a whole lot. You know, he's actually a trained martial artist as well. 
uh, I'm going to have to push back on you saying he's one of the greatest fighters on the planet. He's actually not even close to that. He's very capable, but that's not his core competency. And everyone who's listed in the top 50 of greatest fighters on the DC universe on the planet Earth, their first core competency, or at least it's close to the top, is fighting. That's not the case for the Penguin. Let's see what else. You're saying that Captain Jack couldn't have that same kind of durability feat as the Penguin. I'll say you're right because he's actually done way more to prove that he's much more durable than the Penguin. More on that later. Let's see. On top of all of that, you're saying that, um, you know, again, over the past probably 10 to 15 years, the Penguin's been more of a crime boss, more of an organizer, more of someone who's, you know, used hench people and, you know, maneuvered pawns and maneuvered people in a position. He's insanely brilliant when he has time to plan and prepare, which isn't this particular type of fight. And the last thing I got to really specify is which umbrella is he using? So, you know, Red, you know, not that I'd like to ask you a whole lot of questions, but what umbrella is he bringing to the table in this fight? You know, whichever one he needs for victory. That's what I know about the Penguin from the comic books. Got it. So you, you don't know which type of umbrella. I'm going to assume it's something that's sharp and maybe can do one other thing. You know, when you rep characters like Hawkeye and the Green Arrow, you like to pretend he has like 5,000 arrows, one of every type that he needs. Why can I not use the same strategy with Penguin? He has the umbrella he needs in the moment he needs it. And to be fair, if you know the comic book version of the character, that's not off base. It is completely off base because he prepares for fights and he had, whenever he goes on a, on a, on a mission or uh, whatever he's going to do to steal stuff, he's got a specific umbrella with him. Not that it's not formidable, but it's it's limited. All right, let me get to my point number one about uh, Captain Jack. And let's talk about his fighting ability and his weapons. So Captain Jack comes from a time where experience is the best teacher. Sure, he's got some instruction, but this person is insanely experienced when it comes to fighting and combat and all that kind of good stuff. He's uh, such a good fighter and pirate that at some point, Jack Sparrow became one of the nine pirate lords with his domain being the Car uh, Caribbean Sea. That is something that's actually a very big deal because of his fighting ability, what he can do with it, and you know his exploits. Captain Jack may also be one of the most effective and capable combatants of his time, which again is really saying something. Now again, does he have the instruction of martial arts instruction, what have you? Probably not, but experience, his savvy, and everything else he brings to the table makes him an insanely capable fighter. When it comes to hand-to-hand -hand fighting, Jack has an uncanny way of using everything from punches, kicks, headbutts, his environment, anything he uses in improvised weapons, this person can do it all to beat his opponents. And when it comes to swordplay, he is legendary, as in his legend of how good he is precedes him greatly. With a sword, he's fought and beaten pirates, immortal beings, zombies, ghosts, and monsters, pretty crazy he may be even a better swordsman than he is a pure empty hand-to-hand -hand combatant which is saying uh, a lot because it's actually easier to use wherever you can but i think he's even better with a sword he's got that with him all the time now as good of a fighter he is he's also got some weapons he uses really well now of course we've got his sword which is actually called a saber and what's important to note with this is that unlike you know a cutlass or the other types of swords used in that era a saber is longer which means he can hit you from a further way distance and because of that range it's harder to hit him what does the Penguin like to do a whole lot? Sword play with his umbrella. By the way, who doesn't love doing that? In that kind of matchup, uh, Captain Jack has him insanely outclassed. Let's see, he also carried a pistol. Sure, it's an older type of firearm type of technology, but Captain Jack not only has a master of using it, but he's also had 
He's got insanely deadly accuracy with it, which is kind of really cool. He's able to shoot coins out of people's hands. Additionally, he carries a queen and pistol, another part on another part of his body. And he's also an expert at using that. By the way, he's an expert at using anything. We saw him pick up a rifle and be able to shoot that with crazy accuracy as well. Give him a firearm and he's going to be a master with it. He also has this sash. I did some uh, digging on this. And that sash was made for him by this character named um, Amenoritis, who is one of his love interests, I guess, in one of the films. It was said that the sash had this magical ability to protect Jack from injuries, sickness, or harm. More on that later, by the way. And finally, he has his compass that always points to his true heart's desire. So in his case, it's the Black Pearl, his boat, or the sea. And this is going to come into play in my point number three in a really big way. In essence, Captain Jack has this really cool, unique fighting style that's a combination of swordplay, trickery, combat, using any available object as a weapon, all while employing the hashtag IMF. That's right. Captain Jack, because it takes one to know one, is a master of the intoxicating mind fog. He absolutely knows how to talk his way into our out of fighting, for that matter. He knows how to get people to open themselves up or for a sneak attack that they never saw coming, just as he did with that immortal pirate named Barbarossa just to get the win. He knows what to do with that amazing ability to just use that intoxicating mind fog. Keep in mind, on top of all that, he's also the ultimate trickster and knows how to use deception to the best capability possible and weaponize it. Put all that together, and that is my point number one. You're making some actually good points, and I and I and I actually want to commend you for mentioning the sword and how it's longer. That is an important aspect of his character because he's really, really you know, he's not trained with the sword. Let's just say, when he, if you teach yourself, that means you are untrained. I've said it in the professional wrestling world a thousand times. You cannot train yourself. That makes you untrained and unsophisticated of a fighter. He just has a lot of experience in sword fights. That's why when he fought, what's his name, Will Turner? When he fought Will, Will was a considerably better swordsman than he was, but he, had, he knew how to use the environment a little bit better. But that being said, Jack Sparrow, with the exception of just like that one Captain Barbara, Rosa, Jack Sparrow doesn't kill anybody. Jack Sparrow doesn't want to kill anybody. Jack Sparrow has died before, and maybe that's changed his perspective on actually killing other people because he had a chance uh, with that fight in the first movie with Will to point the gun right at him and try to get past him to escape, and he just wouldn't shoot him. He flat out would not pull the trigger, practically begging him to get out of the way so he could leave, and Will wasn't leaving. And what took out Jack Sparrow, who's got this awesome durability you're talking about? What beat Jack Sparrow, a bottle to the head from a third party. He got hit in the back of the head with a bottle and was defeated in the battle. That's what you need to know about Jack Sparrow. He's going to try to keep you talking, and he will not do what it takes to win a battle, except under the most extremist of circumstances. He did kill the immortal uh, pirate Barbarossa. Just going to leave that out there. All right. Robert Clark Chan, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this matchup? Uh, so far, they're looking pretty, pretty tight, pretty tight. They're both decent fighters. Uh, I'll accept that. At first, I thought uh, that weapon-wise, the Penguin would come out better because, you know, he's got tech on his side. He's going all sorts of trick umbrellas and that sort of thing. He can fly, and there's nothing uh, that suggests that uh, uh, Jack could fly. However... Jack does have some magic, it appears, on his sign. I don't know how uh, magical that sash is, but that's kind of useful. The magical compass, eh, you'd have to explain to me how that would uh, work out in a fight. But I could definitely see these things sort of evening out. I am interested uh, what which sort of t- 
time line are we using for uh, the penguin here? Is he the crime boss penguin? Is he the early scrappy, you know, penguin who probably is a little better at uh, uh, hand-to-hand combat, but, you know, may not be as devious? Yeah, I imagine I'm going to hear more about the umbrella. I'm hoping that there's a, a kitty cat umbrella, much like Green Arrow's umbrella, that would really bring me a lot of joy. So just know that uh, Penguin's probably going to win if he can pull out some craziness like that. Otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. They're, they're pretty close right now. All right. Okay. That's kind of where we go and what happens when we're point number one. So let's see what happens next. Ray, hit us for your point number two. Point number two for the Penguin. Let's talk about how smart he is. Because I will tell you, Captain Jack Sparrow is wily. But to call the man smart, I think, is not an accurate statement. However, the Penguin has a brilliant mind inside that frame. Now, first off, he was a mob boss. We all know this. He went from being kind of a jewel thief, that's where he started, to being kind of like the guy in on all the heists. And then he sort of shifted over, because uh, it's been reimagined so many different times in comics, to being this mob boss who has other people fight his battles. But there are very famously a few comics where he says, I don't like this. I'd rather be in the trenches doing the crime, fighting the Batman, where I'm having fun. And so many, many times he will, in fact, get up out of his uh, uh, throne, if you will, and get down in there and get into the dirty and make it happen with the crime and get in with, into it with the Batman. He, he likes to do that. And he's considered in the DC Comics world and by Batman to be as smart as the Riddler. And I don't think he gets credit for that. Now, James, I don't know where you said I thought he was one of the greatest fighters. I don't think I actually said that. I think you're fighting a straw man right there, quite honestly. He is a good enough fighter. He's not an incompetent fighter. That's the whole point I was trying to make with that. But he is one of the smartest people in the world, equal to the Riddler. And Batman has said in the comic books that the Penguin is smarter than he is. Batman has said the Penguin is smarter than Batman is. That is really saying something when you're talking about the world's greatest detective. And that's why the Penguin can work to, yes, he does plan out a lot of stuff, but when things go south, and in Penguin capers they often do, he finds a way to win anyway. That's the Penguin's deal. And he's also not afraid to, we talk about going there. I said in my rebuttal a moment ago, Jack Sparrow won't pull the trigger. Jack Sparrow will not do what it takes to kill his opponent and take him in the battle. The Penguin absolutely will. So if we get into a situation like I think we will, where these two are fencing back and forth and fighting back and forth, Jack Sparrow is going to try to engage Penguin in conversation, but the Penguin is going to be too smart to fall for those games, and he'll be the one doing direct action when Jack Sparrow does not expect it. Chan, I know you don't love the going there argument, but there is something to be said when push comes to shove if one person won't pull the trigger and the other has no problem with it. And I'm just going to say that out there right now. Another thing that I found out that I didn't know a ton about is the Penguin has a kinship with birds. He actually, in many of the storylines, has either penguins or, or pigeons or other types of birds that he will directly use in combat, in conflict, and he will order birds to attack his enemy. So if he's fighting Jack Sparrow, that one thing, that one little slip up that he could use 
is the fact that he could call agents of birds to fly in and intercept Jack Sparrow, knocking him down, getting in his face, which will be what allows him to pull the trigger at the end of the day. And the other thing I want to talk about, his brilliance. He once tricked Batman, the world's greatest detective, into telling him what crime he should commit because he didn't know what crime to do. So he put planted a bug on Batman and then used it, and he just did random things out there in the world. Batman deciphered what those things must mean, and Penguin said, okay, then that's the thing I'm going to do. And then he pulled off the crime, even knowing that Batman knew exactly what he was going to do. Not only was that in the comics, it was the first appearance of the Penguin on the 1966 TV show, literally mapped out that exact same storyline from the comics. It's one of my favorite Penguin stories of all time. I'll mention it here, but that's how smart he is. If the person he's fighting knows exactly what he's going to do, he still knows how to beat them. That's why he's the most brilliant man on the planet. You can't seem to say the same about drunken Captain Jack Sparrow, and that's my point number two. You know, there's no doubt that Captain Jack Sparrow has this drunken kung fu, drunken ability to him. I mean, that's just part of his charm. But again, I got to push back on some of the things you're saying here, right? Now, you know, first of all, he is an insanely intelligent character. He is beyond a master planner. I mean, what he can pull off is pretty tremendous. But that's the thing. He needs to plan it. When it's a one-on-one encounter, he's got a number of examples, so many of them, in fact, which I kind of hate saying because I really enjoy the character of the Penguin. But there's a number of examples of him facing off against any member of the Bat family or regular humans who just catch him by surprise or do something off the wall that throws complete plan, you know, completely into disarray. Uh, on top of that... You know, Penguin's known for finding a way not to necessarily get the win when the chips are down, but to escape. He's got caught quite a bit, as all these characters in the Rose Gallery Batman have, but he is known a bit more for, hey, I've got a a backup plan to escape, not necessarily to win when things kind of go wrong. Let's see, on top of that, when you say we're going there, again, Captain Jack is absolutely able to go there. Uh, Whenever he's sword fighting with one of these characters, he's trying to come after them and trying to kill them. Again, he figured out a way to kill the immortal being, uh, that pirate Barbarossa, and used a really cool plan to figure out how to do it and uh, turn him mortal again and then shot him once he was mortal, completely taking him out. And then finally, the birds thing is really interesting to me, accessing birds, but that's the problem. He's going to have to know how to access the birds. They have to be somewhat close by, and he's got to know that he'll be needing them. I don't think that's going to happen in a random encounter in a neutral location. So that's kind of my pushback on your point. But my point number two is going to kind of go into some cool stuff about Captain Jack. You know, when you look at, from my point number two, when you look at Captain Jack, I'm watching what he's doing, and I'm like, okay, is he a regular human? Is he not? Because what he does a lot of time, it looks like he's got superpowers. I know they don't explicitly say it, but he has these abilities that are definitely more than human. Let me kind of go into this. So the first one is he's got bad breath. His bad breath is so bad it can actually knock out someone. And this fight will get up and close. He's going to use it. Will this take out the penguin? No, I don't think the penguin's going to allow someone's bad hygiene to take him out. But it definitely could be something that throws him off for a second. Uh, let's see. Captain Jack's got this super durability. You know, he was squished between two ships where a cannon was being smashed into him off this ghost pirate ship. Anyone else would be absolutely crushed. He actually gets just pushed through the wall of another pirate ship, gets up, and he's absolutely fine. That's crazy. Let's see. He took huge falls from super high heights, hit the ground super hard, and got up and walked it off. There's a number of feats of durability he has that are really crazy, and that could be that sash he has as well. Who knows if that's the case? He's got super intelligence. Look, 
Captain Jack may not be the most technically savvy person ever, but he's got a PhD level of knowledge. I'm telling you this. When it comes to reading people, manipulating them, positioning them into a way that works for him, we saw that through all of the films. So how fast do you think he's going to be able to read the Penguin and understand how he works and what he wants? That'll take, what, seconds, if that? Especially since he's already had experience with someone almost exactly like the Penguin. More on that later. He's also super resourceful. We see how Captain Jack can figure out how to overcome any situation from being on the brink of death. We saw how he figured out how to use a ghost shark that was tasked with killing him, an anchor, and a sinking ore boat he was on to escape a horde of ghost pirates that were running at him who all wanted to kill him. When literally caught at point-blank range of a cannon that was about to fire him with a raging animated stone killer giant on top of him that wanted nothing more to destroy him, Captain Jack figured out how and where to jump so that his weight would pull the arm cannon upward away from him and shoot at the stone giant, thereby avoiding death yet again, and at the same time taking the head of that animated statue completely off. This was crazy. Now, look, he was facing off against that immortal Barbarossa. I told you about that before. It's one of my favorite things. Captain Jack understood the only way to fight him was on even uh, an even level playing field, and he did that. He took one of the cursed coins uh, in that storyline to become immortal himself, unbeknownst to Cap- the pirate Barbarossa, and then he knew how to use the coins to break the curse to turn Barbarossa, Barbarossa mar- mortal again, and then he shot him and killed him. Talking about going there with a really great plan that he thought up on the spot, that's Captain Jack for you. He's got super survivability. This may be his greatest superpower that he's got because, again, again, could be that sash he's got. I don't know, but he's... Uh, how many crazy situations has he survived? Let's see. Zombie, Great White, and Hammerhead Sharks attacking him in a sinking wooden small order boat. Or boat. I told you about it before. He survived it. Uh, immortal pirates trying to kill him. He survived it. Giant animated statues trying to kill him while he's stuck between two boats while also being attacked by a combination of a ghost and zombie pirate. Yeah, he survived it. The Godzilla-sized Kraken. Yeah, we thought he sacri- sacrificed himself to save his friends. But turns out he somehow survived it and then came back to destroy it. So when it comes up, when he goes up against a criminal boss armed with a powerful umbrella and some pretty cool martial arts, chances are he's not only going to survive it because he survived much worse, but he's also going to be able to take him out because he's beaten much worse. See... If one of history's greatest moments has taught us anything, namely, when Hulk Hogan got Hulkicized and beat Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania, I had to bring up Sergeant Slaughter, it's that arrogant, yeah, I did it, it's that arrogant, overconfident fighters like the Penguin will lose to the opponent who can all, you know, somehow looks like they're about to lose, so they're underestimated, and then somehow can use their resourcefulness to pull out a win. That is my point number two. You're saying some good things and you're mixing in a lot of James Gavsey inspired hashtag IMF by the t-shirt. The point I want to say about all this is you talk about the penguin being the one who normally fights to escape. You're repping Captain Jack Sparrow and you have the audacity to say in this battle, the penguin is the one who fights to escape the most. Captain Jack Sparrow's every single fight with the exception of maybe one or two has been to escape. That's all he's trying to do in most of his matchups. So that's a bizarre point for you to be trying to make right now. Once he sees what he's up against in the Penguin, Jack Sparrow will be looking for the nearest door because that is in keeping with his character to try to get away. That's why he's always being captured, imprisoned, thrown in jail, or running away. 
That's what and I'm not trying to bring up the running away argument because I don't think it's very good. But if Mr. Robert Clark Chan wants to hear it, I'll be happy to talk more about it. And uh, 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 my point number three is going to be all out about the tech. But Robert Clark Chan wanted a crazy umbrella. So I'm going to bring up one really quick with my remaining time. Penguin had an umbrella that he used to use as a ventriloquist uh, act to make a penguin become world famous as a talking penguin. But it turned out the umbrella was just throwing his voice to the penguin and tricking everybody. He doesn't have a ton of the goofiest umbrellas, but that's probably the goofiest one I'm going to find. That's the one he's using for this fight, the <laughs> ventriloquist umbrella. I don't think that's the one I'll be bringing. That's fair. Uh, but that is a great umbrella, today. by the way. I wish I had that umbrella. Yeah, because and, and as I was reading the story, Batman miraculously came up with the detective notion as the world's greatest detection and thought to himself, penguins don't talk. <laughs> Which made him smarter than the rest of the world. I mean, there's a reason why Batman's Batman. It's true. Yeah, he discovers can't, can't these things. Him. All right. Listen, we're at the turning point where you've heard two points from Ray, two points from myself. But before we get to what Robert has to say about where we currently are in this battle, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week, shall we? Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? This patron's been up and down and off and back on again, but he is back on the horse. Gabe Ingrata, welcome back Ooh. to the hot seat. This is not easy. Gabe is uh, very He's a battler. If you know what I'm trying to say. I'm going to use that as a verb. I don't way to describe him. Gabe Gabe's a lot. Uh, okay, let's go a little bit off the wall. Let's have him go up against Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Now, this is going to be absolutely wild because he's going to square off against Chewbacca and he's going to actually take Chewbacca by surprise. Gabe Ingrata, as we all know, gets people by surprise. He's a stealthy fighter. And so what's going to happen is Chewbacca's not even going to know that he's there. Chewbacca is going to get inside his spaceship. Gabe is still going to be on the ground. Chewbacca's ship is going to fly away and kind of disappear over a mountain. And then an explosion is going to happen because Gabe Ingrata nominally either fired a stinger missile or planted bombs beforehand and all of the other assorted star wars characters are going to be right there and they're going to say oh my gosh chewbacca he was in that ship and that ship just blew up and then one of the other star wars characters is going to turn to that person and say no 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 he was clearly in a different ship he was not in the ship that actually blow up that we just saw blow up. Chewbacca's fine. And that's when Gabe Ingrata just walks up and goes, no, he was in that ship. Ending Chewbacca's life without even meeting him face to face. That's the stealth power of Gabe Ingrata. You know, this battle had one of two ways of going. Uh, either word for word exactly how you just laid it out, Ray. Or I would have also accepted uh, Gabe putting Chewbacca into a Ric Flair figure four uh, leg lock. Would have worked. Would've yeah, worked. making Chewbacca tap out. Congratulations, Gabe. You got the win. It was the only thing that made sense in anyone's mind. True. Look, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. Robert. Again, you've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. You've had a moment to ponder all of this. Who do you think is ahead in this battle, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Uh, boy, Ray really came out in this point, too, uh, with the intelligence factor. 
There was another going there argument, which I'm not a fan of, but then James comes in with his own. Well, he killed Barbosa, so you know what? That cancels each other out. You both can go there. Hooray! <laughs> um, the penguin uh, has this bird kinship, which ordinarily I'm like, okay, whatever. He's not Squirrel Girl, not that big a deal. Uh, but man, ooh, I do not like birds. Birds can be mean. So I think it's you know uh, entirely possible that uh, if he's if he's really tight with the birds that that might become a factor. I do not know about these superpowers you got for Jack Sparrow. You started with bad breath, which I mean that's uh, it. It felt it feels like arm fall off boy. Like if you're going to try and call that a superpower, <laughs> it's going to be a real real weak fight. But yes, he does have durability going for him. A lot more, I think, than Penguin, even though Penguin is durable. I mean, we're bordering on cartoon character durable here. So that's that's huge. Hit by a bottle, Chan. Knocked out by a bottle to the back of the head. Does that not say to you cartoon powers? It uh, says silly I, things can take him out. That's by the, the point way, I bottles were very, uh, made of a, a very thicker type of glass back in the day. Just putting that out there. Fair enough. Honestly, I think, uh, Ray, you might have been better served to have done uh, Batman 66 than straight up DC because he he could handle the Toon Force a little bit better, I think. He he could, Chan, but I will will actually explain that because in all the watchings of combats between Batman 66 versus Penguin 66, he loses every single one of those fights, (laughs) meaning that I wasn't prepared to bring him to the table. Fair point. Fair point. I did like the counter that they both fight to escape. I think that is kind of the case with both of them. So it will be interesting to see them both cornered. I like to call that the Cobra Commander rule, hmm. whereas uh, uh, the power of flight being very important, I think of as the Megatron rule, hmm. uh, even though... Uh, Didn't work you know. in that case. Yeah, yeah. It Still would though, have if I read It does Megatron. have his name. Yeah. I think uh, what it may come down to is... It sounds like Penguin's better at planning. It sounds like Jack Sparrow is better at improvisation. What is the scenario that we have here in this fight? Will Penguin have enough time to plan something that uh, Jack can't get out of? Or will Jack be able to just, you know, like stagger his way around the, the battlefield and somehow end up winning? It's It's pretty close, but honestly... I got a little edge to the penguin right now. Ooh. Mm. I tell you what, the the one thing I was afraid of was something that Ray thankfully took off the table, namely the penguin using his most powerful umbrella, the ventriloquist umbrella, and then also calling on birds, right? So all of a sudden there's a ton of birds, and he's using all of them as puppets. That would really confuse Captain Jack, but thankfully Ray took that off the table, so that's not an aspect I have to deal with. James, that is still very much on the table, and if that were Ray's (laughs) final point, you would have lost so bad. I know. So just know that you now have to figure out how to counteract that, because I will absolutely be voting for that scenario if it comes up. You know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock could come in as well. What if Alfred Hitchcock showed up? Hear me out. And he was, uh, he's dead now, right? Yeah, I'm not saying you brought this on yourself. All right. Mm. Ray, you're slightly ahead, but we've been here before. 
We've been slightly ahead, and you've won sometimes and lost. Let's see what you can do this time. Hit us with your point number three. I mean, first thing I'm just going to say is, like, I'm just going to try not to get in my own way right here. Robert Clark Chan <laughs> is picking up what I'm putting down for sure. <laughs> Let's talk about one of the most important things I haven't really mentioned, though, and that's the tech difference. Because uh, Jack Sparrow's uh, movies take place between 1720s and 1750s when people didn't even know how blood worked. And the Penguin stories take place nominally from the 1940s all the way up until today, which means that the Penguin has access to one of a vast array and host of combat knowledge that Jack Sparrow would never have found as he was training Juno, martial arts, and bare-knuckle boxing. The Penguin can learn from that kind of an era. Jack Sparrow doesn't have that kind of experience. He's not used to dealing with sophisticated uh, combat in hand-to-hand because there wasn't a whole lot of training. There wasn't a whole lot of judo back then. So if this comes down to everybody gets disarmed, which is fairly common for a Pirates of the Caribbean Jack Sparrow fight, uh, when the two get in fisticuffs, that's when I would argue Jack Sparrow is at his weakest. That being said, let's talk about the tech because because Jack Sparrow doesn't have very much in that regard other than a sash that makes him a bit lucky. Okay, that's fine. That can get cut off of his body during a fight and I would argue is very likely to happen at some point. The tech. Penguin has exploding robot penguins at his disposal. <laughs> he has literal robot penguins that will walk towards his enemies and blow up. Jack Sparrow's not ready to deal with something like that. He also, besides the, uh, uh, the another crazy gadget, because I just went finding him, because Robert Clark Chan wants him. He has a special pipe that he smoked in the, in the early Batman days, and he put popcorn kernels in there, in this pipe, lit the pipe, and shot popcorn all over Batman, bamboozling him and allowing him to get the victory in that particular encounter. Again, we're not just talking about Jack Sparrow being the weird one here. Penguin is also the weird one. He has a spare umbrella in his hat. Now, I don't know exactly how that works. You talk about Toon Force in Batman Volume 1, Issue 36, The Penguin's Nest. The Penguin pulled up his top hat to reveal a second umbrella that he needed in the moment. You're going to talk about Toon Force. I'm bringing Toon Force in this battle. Now, let's talk about some of those various umbrellas because you knew that's where we were going. He has an ablated umbrella, which is very, very sharp steel. If you look at uh, Jack Sparrow's swords, they're dull. They're a little uh, rusty. Uh, maybe not rusty, but they're not very well kept. If you look at especially in that fight where he fights against Will Turner, Will Turner's grabbing swords all off the wall to fight him. Jack Sparrow's got the dullest blade in existence. If he chopped you with it, I doubt you he would even cut the flesh. Penguin, on the other hand, is the sharpest stuff that the year 2022 could possibly give in a bladed umbrella. He's also got umbrellas that shoot explosives at you. He's not ready for that. He's got a very famous one that shoots flames, a flamethrower umbrella. Once again, not a series of attacks. You talk about the boozy breath of Jack Sparrow. I'd like to argue that that breath and his clothes and his natural stench can catch fire very, very easily from spilling rum all over himself, for gosh sakes. He's got one that's a taser and gives an electric charge that can knock people down. The 1700s doesn't know what a taser is. It's got no concept. He wouldn't be afraid of getting poked with an umbrella until it tased him. He's got one that hits you with poison. He made up an umbrella that shoots poison in the opposite direction because he knew Batman was going to steal from him. And he's going to steal the umbrella and use it. And Batman shot poison gas all over himself. 
He's got one that shoots lasers. He's got one that's a welding torch. He's got what's known today as a real thing called the Bulgarian umbrella, which was the KGB used in the 1970s. This is a real thing that is a gun inside an umbrella. And the Penguins version is an AK-47. <laughs> Now, I'm sorry, anybody from the 1700s versus an AK-47 is going to lose to the AK-47, especially because their brains couldn't conceive of that being possible. At the end of the day, Penguin brings future tech, genius intellect, and adequate fight skills to a battle with somebody who's just a little lucky. That's not enough, and that's my point number three. You know, this is so interesting that in a random encounter in a neutral location that evidently the penguins carrying robot penguins, at least three dozen different types of umbrellas, different types of tech in his hat. I mean, that's a lot of stuff he's, he just happens to have on him in a random location, a random encounter in a neutral location. Just putting that out there. Uh, let's see. Popcorn shot at Captain Jack. That would be probably considered um, proper nutrition. For Captain Jack, who knows that popcorn may actually prevent Captain Jack from getting, you know, scurvy at that point. I think that'd be a welcome thing uh, with Captain Jack. His teeth are really bad, by the way, so he wouldn't crunch it that much. Uh, you more like suck on the popcorn. Just kind of a thought out there. Uh, let's see. You're saying Captain Jack is also flammable. That's new. So just somehow he's flammable. You know, don't bring him near like any matches or anything. Wait, you're telling me instantly... those dreads won't catch fire? They won't light on fire faster than a regular person, you know, who's got the same clothes on. Not because, you know, and plus he's dirty. Dirt's going to prevent fire. We all know that. What happens when you have a big fire and you throw dirt on it? Sure, two things. People say that looks like race to Canis. And also, it puts out the fire, so it's not a big thing. All right, listen. Let me get to my point number three, where this is all going to make a whole lot more sense. Let's talk about the Penguin's weaknesses. And you see, the Penguin... He's got, you know, something going against him. He, he, the Penguin's kryptonite is really quite apparent, actually. Sure, lead bullets can kill him. He's got normal human strength and durability. But there's something else, something that when the Penguin faces off against this thing, it's going to lead to the Penguin's defeat over and over and over again. See, against people who move unpredictably, who have high human physicals, who are experts at using their weapons and know how to use from out of nowhere all of their environment and improvised weapons and all that kind of good stuff, the penguin loses, and he loses big. In other words, the penguin has huge difficulties with opponents who have a lot in common with the Bat family. Yeah, I'm putting that out there. Sure, give Penguin, look, I'm, not, I'm just going to say, give Penguin the time and the resources to set up a plan with plenty of knowledge of his opponents beforehand, and Captain Jack is screwed. But this is a who-would-win matchup, a random location, neutral location, say in a random encounter. This isn't that situation. But in a one-on-one -on -one encounter with a highly skilled combatant who's not afraid to use as much of the force as necessary, necessary, we've already talked about that, and can somehow pull a miracle from out of nowhere, never mind someone who can read you like a book and use that information against you in an instant, someone like Batman, or in this case, Captain Jack Sparrow, put Penguin up against that, and Penguin loses badly. So here's how I see this fight going. Get ready for it. They face off. The Penguin makes a comment about how Captain Jack looks like a homeless bum. Captain Jack laughs and says, Why, my diminutive friend, my home is wherever I choose it to be, and your abode looks like it would serve me quite well. Or something along that line. Penguin gets super angry at Captain Jack's arrogance, whereas Captain Jack just ignores it and winks at the ladies working for, you know, the Penguin at that moment. And the fight is on. They keep going back and forth. The Penguin uses his umbrella's fire shot after shot, 
blame, whatever you want to do. And Captain Jack is using his really cool kind of run, his ability to evade, his ability just to not get hit, all while taking notes, by the way, and talking to the penguins. He knows to stay out of range. He knows he's not going to hit him with his sword. He shoots back. But the penguin, he's used to getting shot. That's not a big deal. All of a sudden, the penguin gets in and actually hits Captain Jack. Captain Jack says, Penguin, is this really what you want? Penguin's like, of course it is. He's like, no, it isn't. You want more, don't you? We're a lot alike. The penguin's like, what are you talking about? Just as he's ready to finish him off with whatever gadget he wants to use, he says, I know what you want. You want power, and I can point you to power easily. Penguin's like, you have two seconds to finish that thought before I wipe you off the face of the earth. I know, it sounds like something Penguin would say. It's kind of cool. And Captain Jack pulls out his compass, his magical compass, which always points to your heart's desires. So whoever holds it, whatever you want most in life, it will point to wherever it is so you can go and get it. And he hands it to the penguin. The penguin's like, what is this? He's like, you want control? That thing will point you to control. The penguin starts pondering, and he says, they start talking. He says, this has helped me so much. The penguin's looking at it just for a second too long, and that's when Captain Jack pulls out that same pistol that he shot and killed the immortal Barbarossa pirate with it and shoots the penguin. In the end... It's going to be Captain Jack's unpredictability, his ability to read the penguin, his ability to evade, his ability to survive, and finally his ability to bring, using the intoxicating mind fog, the penguin's guard down that will create the opening that Captain Jack uses to finish him off. That's why the penguin loses. That's why Captain Jack wins. And that is my point number three. Completely disagree, and I'm going to tell you what would really happen. Now, first off, one thing I haven't talked about is the fact that the Penguin teams up a lot with another villain named the Joker, and he knows how to work with the Joker and the Joker's pluses, minuses, strengths, weaknesses, and you're not going to tell me Captain Jack is more unpredictable than the Joker. The Penguin is ready when he teams up with the Joker to uh, cut bait when he needs to or get closer when he needs to, and the Joker doesn't necessarily get over on the penguin because the penguin is smart enough when he sees that type of character to keep them at arm's length and not fall into the type of scenario you were exactly talking about, James. And also in your story, you said, oh, I would love to make a home of your abode. What you've just done is you've now set this battle at the penguin's lair. And if we're setting the battle at Penguin's Lair, like you said, James, that means he has access to all the umbrellas and all the tech he would need because he would have all that stuff close to home as possible. And also, you think Jack Sparrow is Batman now. You've made some weird comparisons before, but saying that Jack Sparrow would fit into the Bat family... He would be kicked out of the Bat family faster than that one Robin. That would not happen at all. Not at all. Jack Sparrow, at the end of the day, is an over-the-hill pirate that nobody knows who's past his prime and just wants people to have heard of him. The Penguin, at all times, is at the height of his powers. He's got the tech, the genius, and he knows how to deal with uh, surprising individuals like the Joker, like Jack Sparrow, but the Joker does it at a much higher level. That's all I have to say about that. And that was Ray's point number four. All right, Robert, listen, <laughs> I could go back and forth. I know this is actually uh, one of my favorite battles so far, but it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process, tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Captain Jack and the Penguin. Whew. Uh, I tell you what, I feel like what this comes down to at the end of the day is intelligence versus luck and that's going to be very much in play based on where they are 
like you say, uh, Sparrow definitely has um, the ability to to use things around in the environment. So yeah, like a drunken master is a very good analogy for that. Your Jackie Chans that can make use of what's at hand. But also, I think you may have backed yourself into a corner by placing this in uh, the penguin's lair. Like if there's one place that he knows like the back of his hand that has access to all of his stuff, it's in the penguin's lair. I think that luck factor is so strong, though. Like of anything, this magical compass, the sash, the blah, blah, blah. This is guy who stumbled through an entire franchise of films and always gets out. You sometimes call it plot armor, but I mean, uh, it, it seems so integral to his character that I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't say I wouldn't be watching it and thinking like, Oh, well, obviously he didn't die because he's got to get to the end of the movie. It's just part of who he is. So physically, I feel like Sparrow's probably going to take it. I think in terms of skills, he probably is superior to the penguin. Uh, a saber is going to beat an umbrella. You know, like he has to get by on his strength. Whereas the penguin, I, I think he does sort of uh, lose a little something as he becomes more of a bossy boss kind of guy, making other people do things. There's really no point where uh, Sparrow can rely on other people. He's always on his own. Boy, you you really did uh, come with a lot of different umbrellas, which delights me. And again, like having that variety is really important in in a situation where you're just picking up stuff around you on the street, you know, throwing a rock and, you know, uh, hitting people with sticks. Definitely Jack Sparrow has the advantage, but I think a flamethrower umbrella. You were trying to tell me that dirt is going to stop a fire. I tell you, there is not enough dirt to stop a flamethrower umbrella. Honestly, when you mentioned that Bulgarian umbrella, I thought you were talking about the one with the poison in the cap, which has been used much more recently than uh, the 70s. But yeah, yeah, an AK-47 and an umbrella, probably pretty useful. I, I do want to let you know, James, just in case, for future reference, in case you're on a boat, popcorn does not prevent scurvy. Oh, it doesn't? Just a little pro tip there. I have not to talk, lot, uh, no. I, right after the show, I'll call the uh, Canadian Navy. Let them know. know. Yeah. (laughs) I smell butter. Must be the Canadian Navy. I tell you what, like it's, it's so hard because Sparrow is so close to a cartoon character uh, that in, in a, in a, just a, just a random ass encounter. It's, it's going to be Sparrow every time. But when you're on the home ground of the penguin, I'm sorry, but he's just got too many weapons. He's got too many umbrellas. And there is no way that Captain Jack Sparrow stumbling on the penguin's lair is going to walk away from that. The penguin takes this. Oh, Mm. my goodness. Penguin wins. Talking about an emotional journey. And that's just what I experienced looking at Ray. Yeah, this was a great explanation. Um, I got to tell you, I have something I got to reveal to the Legion of Audience and to you and Ray. This battle, you see, the Penguin would never leave his premises, right? He would never leave the Iceberg Lounge. He'd never leave, like, so, like if he was at his home, wherever that is, he's never leaving. He never goes anywhere without 
you know, being strapped without having everything he needs within arm's reach. That's the character of the Penguin, right? That's another thing that makes him so formidable. So I got to agree with you that if this were to take place, the neutral location is actually going to be somewhere where the Penguin resides or works. That's the only way this works. And Captain Jack is actually there and appears there. So I actually, in a really cool way, agree with this outcome. And especially since Penguin's a great Batman villain, I got to tell you, I'm actually okay with this decision. Yeah, I, here's the thing: is uh, it's you stumbled. You said that it was uh, uh, your intoxicating mind fog was set there, and if that weren't, if you hadn't said that, then Ray would have had to make much too hard of a case to uh, put him in arm's reach of all of his stuff. So, yeah, you know, you got. I mean, I still, I still would have done it. Don't get me wrong. Not a chance. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been a fun fight if all of a sudden the penguin, you know, had one umbrella. Right, that's not the pe- the penguin has the coolness no, no. of everything. You gotta look if you're gonna win this fight, you want to win the right way, and it's not a cool way to win if he's like, yeah, he has an umbrella that has one function. No, 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 no. He's got his arsenal because that if you're gonna win, you gotta win against the penguin with everything that he can bring to the table. I gotta say, I love this decision. I'm really good with it. Ray, congratulations. You are also here for the matchup. One thing that I will say is the thing I've learned about the Penguin from going over years and years of his wild and crazy comic books, he might not always have uh, an array of umbrellas outside of his home turf, but for whatever reason, he always has the one he needs at the moment. And I was really hoping, and I think it paid off here, countering Jack Sparrow's Toon Force with somehow the Penguin's Toon Force that he also brings with him to the table, at least enough to get the victory today, which of course I deserve. Thank you, first off, to DCEU Podcast Man on Twitter, who's the one who made the suggestion of the Penguin versus Jack Sparrow. I was able to point to that tweet in the room and say, this is it. This is the winner. We got, of course, our usual array of terrible, terrible suggestions, and then this one good one. So when we have a good one, I want to make a point to let the people know It is seen. You are seen. Thank you for the good suggestions. Dear Lord, the Captain Crunch suggestions didn't make it very far. I got to tell you, I had no, when I saw the Captain Crunch suggestion, I'm like, I I have no idea how Captain Jack could actually beat someone who's fortified with all those, um, you know, vitamins and minerals that, and magic that came from uh, 1980s uh, cereals. Yeah, you defeat the Soggies, you're not going to have a problem with the Penguin. <laughs> uh, you will, you know, I'm just saying. Is that what they were? Listen, I didn't even know that was, there was Soggies. Listen, Is that what thing? Captain Jack Sparrow has never hurt me. Captain Crunch has cut up the roof mm. of my mouth so <laughs> many times. Fair. It's a That's nearly a, unfair matchup, to be oh honest my God. with you. When, you a, when a cartoon character can actually affect real life. Oh, it's mm-hmm. like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Stuff. It, now we're talking about a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, cartoon suggestion. Now, the people I want to say at home, of course I'm great. You all see what's been happening lately on the show, and it was about time that we had a judge on the show, and James messing up helps. It helps a lot, but I was there to pounce on it, and I was there to drive these points home. And you saw what's been happening lately. Judges breaking the rules of the sport, breaking the rules of the game, finding any excuse under the sun to give James an undeserved victory. And I'd like to say thank you to Robert Clark Chan, who I know already regrets it, for putting me in the winner's circle today correctly 
Let's get more of that. Let's bring integrity back to the judging of the Who Would Win show. Find me on Victory Friday, hashtag Victory Friday, hashtag Ray is right at almightyray.com. And also check out at Vampire Detroit. Vampire Detroit, if you'd like to, there's a new show coming out. I'm part of it and you'll want to listen. This was uh, a really fun battle. I didn't get the win, but man, uh, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a loss this much. So uh, love your explanation. Love how you took us on a journey. Don't ever stop being you. With that being said, tell our Legion of uh, Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. Hey, why don't you go check out the Knowing Is Half the Podcast podcast. You can find that wherever you put podcasts in your ear holes. A.E. Doubleback is another one of those podcasts. My Three Dads is another one of those podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at 999 RPMs. Track me down on Facebook. I will ignore you, but you can track me down on Facebook. (laughs) You know, the number of people who send me blind friend requests on Facebook, and I have it set so they can only do that if we share a mutual friend. And they send me, and I have one mutual friend, and a thousand percent of the time it is James James Gavsey. The gateway to people bothering me. (laughs) Once again, James (laughs) Gavsey. It's what I do, it's a gift. I take enormous pleasure from the fact you are bothered by people. Ray, we have a fan base that supports the show. You know, you ever think maybe, I don't know, being nice to the fans of the show would be a good thing? Maybe people who don't know you would like to be friends with you and have the opportunity to understand why they don't want to be friends with you. Why would you deny them that? Much like the Penguin knows to keep the Joker at arm's reach, I know to keep the Legion of Audience as far away from myself as possible. These live events are going to be quite the challenge. I'm just going to jump in here and say that if you would like to be friends with Ray, I do not recommend it. Been friends with him for quite some time, and it has never brought me any joy or happiness. It's a very, very one-sided relationship, quite Mm. honestly. Wow. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.